I run for the crown, I race for the prize, I press for the upward call of God. I run for the crown, I race for the prize, I press for the upward call of God. I fight with all my might to keep on living for the Christ. I know there is a glorious end in sight. The crown of life, the crown of victory I shall wear. I sing the song of triumph till I'm there. I run for the crown, I race for the prize, I press toward the upward call of God. I run for the crown, I race for the prize, I press toward the upward call of God. I fight with all my might to keep on living for the Christ. I know there is a glorious end inside. Since I was a kid, I've been fascinated with stories, whether that be through movies, books, or, or just people telling me stories about those who have went in search of a treasure, those people who have been treasure hunters. And, you know, to hear some of those stories is so fascinating. And, you know, I've wanted to do that before. And I've, you know, I, I've tried to be able to find things whenever I was a kid, and, and that never really amounted to a whole lot. And, you know, I've wanted to, to find some buried treasure. Or then maybe later, I wanted to be able to dig and maybe find some dinosaur fossil and then how amazing that would be. Or as I got older as well, even, even into my adult life, I've thought how it would be neat to go on some archaeological dig and, and discover some different things, you know, to be a, a treasure hunter, to find something of importance. But I'll tell you, up to this point in my life, there really hasn't been any great treasure that I have found, regardless of whatever, whatever hunts I've been on in times past. Except one. One treasure that I have found is something I want to share with you right now. And it comes from the words of Jesus. Let's look at them together. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 19 through 24, Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, and if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So in these words, Jesus tells us the type of treasure hunters that we are actually called to be. And it has nothing to do with these, these physical uh, treasures that you might find here on this earth. Now, there can be some very neat things that you might find on this earth. Yes, definitely. Okay, And there have been some valuable biblical discoveries that have, that have come up every um, so many years that have been wonderful. But yet, that's not where our faith is needs to be. That's not where our hope needs to be. We don't need to store up treasures for ourselves on earth because guess what? Something is going to get it, like moths or vermin or even thieves. You know, it's 
even whenever you die, it's just going to go to somebody else. You know, why would you store up those types of treasures? That's why Jesus tells us in verse 20, our focus needs to be on storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And, you know, here's one thing I want to state about that that phrase in heaven, because so many times we hear this and we instantly think, oh, he's talking about, you know, in heaven up above after we die. And, and that's what we, we think of. However, if you actually look at the way more so how Jesus uses the word heaven and how it appears, it's really more so talking about God's realm and the things that are dealing with God rather than necessarily what happens to us after we die and where we're we're going to be going. Let's focus not so much on then, but what about now? Did you know that you can store up for yourselves treasures in heaven right now, like right here? And all that it has to do with is Storing up for yourselves treasures that actually matter, where moths can't get in, vermin can't get in, thieves can't do anything about it. No one can do anything to take away these types of treasures, these heavenly treasures. And he gives us something for us to consider. In verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your heart? Where is your treasure? You know, where do you put your time, your effort, your money into? What do you devote those things to? What do you devote yourself to? That will reveal to you where your treasure is. That will reveal to you where your heart is. And you might not like where that leads you at first, but Jesus invites us to follow him. That's why he's giving us this warning, telling us, don't try to serve God and money. It's never going to work. If you just find yourself chasing after money, uh, you will not be able to serve God adequately with that. You've got to give up that pursuit of money. You've got to give up the pursuit of anything else that that would take you away from God because you cannot serve both God and money. So I want you to think about that verse. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure? Where is your heart? Well, what does it look like to actually store up for yourselves treasures in heaven? And what would it look like if that's what our focus was on? If that's where we truly were were able to to focus on our daily lives, what would it look like in our daily lives? Because I said, let's not focus so much on, well, afterlife. No, no, what about right here, right now? What would it look like? That's why he goes immediately into this. Verses 25 through 34, notice The treasures in heaven are not just for something that's going to happen after we die. It's something that can happen and affect us right here, right now. This is what somebody who has their priorities straight. This is what somebody who is truly focused on God, who knows the important treasure. This is what type of uh, life they would be living. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? 
So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So in this passage right here about not worrying, you know, we, we live in a world that worrying is almost just kind of always a part of it, isn't it? And for Jesus to look around his audience, keep in mind of who his audience is. If you, if you need a reminder, look at the end of chapter 4, and you will see it's people who are kind of the outcasts, the, the ones who are uh, on the edge of, of society, the ones who you know are poor, who don't necessarily have a whole lot, and who could easily start to worry about their life, you know, what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear. But yet Jesus is telling those people and us as well, don't worry about those things. And why does he give us, what evidence does he give us that we shouldn't worry about those things? Well, he invites us to look around at the world around us. He says in verse 26, look at the birds of the air. Now, one thing that obviously, you know, you kind of realize that in, in looking at this, he's talking about wild birds. You know, they had domesticated birds just like what we do. You know, he's not talking about maybe the bird that's in a cage that's in your house or not talking about the chickens that you keep in your backyard. No, he's talking about the wild birds, the wild birds that you, you don't really take care of, but your father takes care of them. I mean, look at the birds of the air. Look at those wild birds. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store things away, but yet our Father feeds them. If he feeds them, what do you think he's going to do for us? And Jesus also invites us again in verse 28 now, and he says, see how the flowers of the field grow. Once again, he's not talking about these flowers that you know you have in a flower pot and maybe sit on your windowsill and you make sure, oh, they get the right amount of water, the right amount of sunlight, all those. No, no. He's talking about the flowers that are out in the field, wildflowers. You know, we might even call them weeds because they just keep popping up and they spring up. But, you know, I've kind of noticed that a lot of those weeds, those wild flowers that just spring up in a field, they can be very pretty, even though maybe no human will even see them their, their entire life. You know, they'll spring up and then they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be cut down soon or they're thrown into a fire like this, you know. They're, they're just used as fuel for a fire to, to burn, uh, you know, for some reason. But here he says... Look at the flowers of the field, how they grow. Our Heavenly Father takes care of them. He even goes so far as to say that not even Solomon was dressed like one of these. I mean, that's pretty important whenever you realize what he's saying right there, because Solomon, I mean, he was pretty much the best of the best, but yet these flowers of the field looks better than what he did. So what about us? Do you think God, if he's going to care that much about wild birds and wild flowers, do you think he's going to possibly care just as much, if not more, about us? So what is our focus? If we are somebody who is going to, to truly store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, what will that look like? In verse 33, we see that Jesus says to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What he's talking about there is that needs to be our number one priority is seeking first in our life and in everything that we do about the kingdom of God and about his righteousness and what truly is right. And all these other things, this, uh, what we eat, what we drink, what we wear, 
all these other things that are our needs, those are going to be given to us. God is going to take care of us. He will see us through it. Our job is to have our number one priority. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. If we can be people who will do that, that's what it means to store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. If we can seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I love verse 34, and I, I just I have to, to mention it right here. Because he says that, I love how he ends it with, each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself, but each day has enough trouble of its own. Do you have days like that? You know, Jesus says that each day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah, you probably have noticed that. But can we learn to understand what Jesus is saying right here? And actually allow just each day to have its own troubles? And all the while for us to choose to seek first his kingdom... And his righteousness. Whenever we live our lives to where we are seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, he says all these things will be given to, to us as well. That's why a few verses later, he's going to continue on in Matthew chapter 7 with this. In Matthew 7, verses 7 through 12, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So here he is, is continuing on with that idea that if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be given to us as well. If we ask, if we seek, if we knock, guess what? These things will come to us. They will be given to us. If we ask, it will be given to us. If we seek, then we will find. And if we knock, then the door will be opened. And as you look at this, I want you to kind of maybe ask yourself, you know, where are you at right here? Are you at this asking point? Because, you know, asking is, is very important to ask and to have that type of, of relationship with your Heavenly Father that you will just ask for things. You know, the way that, that James talks about it is he, he kind of talks about the things that we ask and, and sometimes we don't receive the things that we ask for because, you know, we don't ask for them in, in a proper way and, and all. But putting those things aside, sometimes I think that we don't receive what we ask for because we just, we, we don't even ask for them. We don't even have faith in uh, in in God to just ask him for even the simple things because where do those simple things come from so many times we think that maybe God is too busy to hear our prayers now we hardly ever are going to say that out loud but don't we sometimes kind of feel like that feel like well you know God already knows these things so why why bother him with it no no he's our heavenly father he cares about us and he has told us ask and it will be given to you seek you know seeking takes a little bit more than just asking. You know, asking, it, it just, you, know, you have to actually say something. But now seeking, you got to act on that a little bit more, don't you? Seek and you will find. And then knocking, well, that's even a little bit more persistence. It's beyond just kind of seeking, but now you're, you're persistently knocking and the door is going to be open to you. These are some promises that we have been given. So whenever we come before our Heavenly Father in prayer, if we are the type of people who are seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness, then we don't need to be afraid to ask anything, to seek for his righteousness, and to keep knocking because these doors will be opened to us. God cares and he will guide for us. 
that guide us in every uh, step of the way. We see that finally all of these things kind of comes to to a, a final point that is summarizing everything that Jesus has been saying up to this point. And really, it says that it sums up the whole law and the prophets in verse 12. He says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now, this is called the golden rule. That's what we oftentimes refer to it as. You know, do to others what you would have them do to you. That is a wonderful golden rule to live by, isn't it? It just kind of makes sense. But yet so many times, can't we find ourselves not always living up to that? Not always treating people the way that we would have them treat us. Well, if we are to be kingdom people, if we are to be treasure hunters, to seek this type of righteousness, to seek this type of kingdom, then what we are called to do is do to others what you would have them do to you. And Jesus says right here, this that's translated, that this sums up the law and the prophets. In the Greek, interestingly enough, it just says, for this is the law and the prophets. That's what it is. That, that's what it's about, is doing to other people what you would have them do to you. To love your neighbor as yourself. That's another way that Jesus puts it, isn't it? This is what it means to love like God has taught us to love. I want to remind you again, and I just want to end by, by reading these verses. Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Well, what type of treasure do we need to be seeking? In Matthew 6, 33, we are, said, we are, we are told, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's what needs to be our top priority. All the while we remember from Matthew 7, 12. So in everything do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Could you imagine what would happen to our world if everyone lived like this? Could you imagine what would happen to your community, to your church? Let's get more specific. What about you? If you live like this, how much would change in your life? Well, the answer is kind of up to you. Are you going to seek this type of treasure? Are you going to find this type of treasure? God says if you seek it, you will find. God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? God, can you hear me now? God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? I cry to you with all my power Through the veil of Jesus' flesh From this valley strewn with tears I can climb up to the mountain of the Father For He lives to hear the pleas From His children worn and weak As they come into His presence with their praise God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? best for me if
if I'm bound or if I'm free, I can come into His presence with my praise. God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? God, can you hear me now? I know that God, you will hear, you will hear, you will hear me. You will heal me.